You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. So in Galatians 5, and 23, we see the fruit of the spirits that we can have in our lives when we're abiding in Jesus Christ, when we have a strong personal relationship with him. And Galatians 5, and 23 says this, but the fruit of the spirit is love. Joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. Every single one of those things we can have when we are abiding in Jesus Christ. And notice, it doesn't say the fruits of the spirits, the fruits of the spirits, but it says the fruit of the spirit. Meaning, if you are abiding in Christ, you won't just have one of these fruits, you'll have every single one of them. It's the fruit of the spirit. You'll have love. You'll have joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and so on and so forth. But now we come to the eighth fruit of the Spirit on the list, and that is meekness. Meekness, and that's what we're going to look at today, the power of meekness. Now, meekness in the Greek is the word protos, and it's defined as a submissive or teachable spirit toward God that reveals itself in a genuine consideration of others. That's the idea of meekness. And now before I go any farther, uh, I want to point out that meekness is not weakness. It's not weakness at all. The only thing that's similar between the two is that meekness and weakness rhyme. That's about it. It actually literally, the, the sense of meekness means strength under control, power under control, the exact opposite of meekness. And in fact, in the Bible, the, the term meekness was actually used as a word picture for breaking a horse when they would break a horse. Now, when you would break a horse, the idea wasn't to break it of its strength or its speed, but the idea was to break it of his self-will. His self-will, not his strength or speed whatsoever. That's the idea of meekness, power under control, strength under control. Another word for meekness is gentleness, humility, self-forgetfulness. That's the idea of meekness. And we're going to look at that today, the fruit of meekness. Now, meekness is not something this world seems to praise at all. Right? We live in a, a world that praises self-promotion, self-gratification, self-obsession, but never really self-forgetfulness, never meekness. But meekness is a quality that we should all long to have. We should long to have meekness in our life. But the world doesn't like this. Right? We have magazines like Glamour, Self, Vanity Fair, but you don't ever see any titles um, named meekness, magazine titles with the word meekness in it. It's because meekness is not desired in this world today, but meekness is something that we should long to have, and it will help us in our daily lives. And if we're abiding in Jesus Christ, we can have meekness. So first off, I want you to look at the source of meekness, the source of meekness. And I've mentioned this before, but the fruit of meekness comes from the same source as all of the other fruits of the spirits, and that's the Holy Spirit of God. That's the way to have meekness in your life, the way to have the fruits of the Spirit. Because it doesn't say the fruit of Michael, it says the fruit of the spirits. This is the spirits, this is the fruit spirit, the fruit from the Holy Spirits of God. And it's only produced by the Holy Spirit. And it takes abiding in Jesus Christ. That's the only way to get it, abiding in Him. In John chapter 15, it's called the abiding chapter. And the, the, the Bible gives us a, a picture or an illustration of a vine and a branch. And Jesus said, I am the vine, you as Christians are the the branch, and if you want to accomplish anything for the glory of God, if you want to do anything, if you want to bear fruit, you must be abiding in me. 
Because a branch in and of itself, it can't do anything. Now, if I had a branch right here, we'll say this is my branch. Man, it really wants to bear fruits. It really wants to grow fruit in its life, but it's not attached at all. Now, it can try as hard as he can to try to grow fruit. It's not going to happen, right? But when it's attached to the vine, bam, you got that fruit. That's the idea there. And Jesus said, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruits. For without me, ye can do nothing. The only way we can accomplish anything for the glory of God, the only way we can have this fruit of the spirits in our life, that love, that joy, that peace, that meekness, is if we are abiding in Jesus Christ. Now, some people can work really, really hard. They can come to church week after work week and really try and maybe have a sort of quality of meekness in their life. Maybe after a lot of hard work. But true meekness is only produced by the Holy Spirit. It's kind of the difference between a rowboat and a motorboat. You know, you got that rowboat, you're, you're trying to go, 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 and it's in your own strength, and maybe you'll get a little far, but it, you're not going to get that far, but then a motorboat, bam, it just speeds on past. You know, that's the idea of in our own strength or the strength of the Holy Spirit. The, the, the motorboat, it's not in our strength at all. It's the Holy Spirit um, at work in our life. That's kind of the idea there. You can have a, a quality of meekness, um, but true meekness is only produced by the Holy Spirit of God, by abiding in Jesus Christ. I like what Charles Spurgeon said on true meekness. He said this, We are all of us remarkably good-tempered while we have our own way. But the true meekness, which is a work of grace, will stand the fire of persecution and will endure the test of enmity, cruelty, and wrong, even as the meekness of Christ did upon the cross of Calvary. He's saying true meekness will be able to stand any situation and any circumstance. The same meekness that Jesus Christ had on Calvary. So meekness is produced by the Holy Spirit, but we also see that meekness is perfected by Jesus Christ. Jesus is a perfect example of someone who was meek. Because the fruit of the Spirit is literally the traits of Jesus Christ. So when we're abiding in Him, we're not just experiencing a form of meekness. We're experiencing the actual meekness of Jesus Christ. The same meekness that caused Him to die on the cross and had power under control in His life. And He was a very meek individual. In fact, He called Himself meek. Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29, He said, I am meek and lowly in hearts. Think about this. Now, in His almightiness... He humbled himself. The omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient being humbled himself. That's power under control. With all the power in the universe, he chose to put it under control so that we might be saved. He's a perfect example of meekness. The birth of Jesus Christ is an example of meekness, right? He left the crown for the cradle. He could have been born in a huge palace, but he picked a lowly manger. And the creator of the world, Jesus Christ, deity, had to have his diaper change. That's humility, right? That's power under control. The birth of Christ is an example of meekness. But secondly, the death of Christ is an example of meekness, right? He could have, he went there and was smitten, spit on. He had the crown of thorns on his head. All of that, they spit on him and they said, prophesy. He didn't say a word during all that. He hung there on a cross for you and for me. He could have called 10,000 angels down to deliver him from that cross, but he didn't do it. No, that's meekness. That's power 
under control. Meekness is perfected by Jesus Christ. The source of meekness is Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit's working through us. But what I want to look primarily at this evening is not the source of meekness, but the significance of meekness. The significance of meekness. Now, why should we long to be meek in our life? Why should we desire to be meek? We should desire to be meek because we're blessed when we're meek. That's simple. We're blessed when we're meek. Matthew 5, 5, the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, the Bible says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. That word blessed literally means, oh, how very happy. Oh, how very happy are the meek. You've got joy when you're meek. You are blessed when you are meek. And what we find out is, looking at the scriptures, is there are some enormous benefits for being meek in your life. Enormous benefits for abiding in Jesus Christ and experiencing the fruits of meekness. So for a little bit today, we're going to look at some benefits of meekness. And I want to look at seven benefits of meekness in our life. And after we look at these seven benefits, I guarantee you, you guys are going to want to be meek. You're going to want power, strength under control. So number one, first off, the first benefit of meekness is meekness diffuses conflicts. That's the first one. It diffuses conflict. Proverbs 15.1 says, A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Soft answer turns away wrath. You see, much of the conflicts that we have to deal with can be avoided by controlling our words and our tone in speaking. When somebody gets really loud and really mad, we answer in a soft tone. And it actually diffuses conflict in situations. There was a missionary who was preaching and, uh, to a group of people on meekness, and he asked what the definition of meekness was. And this little boy raised his hand, and he said, those who give soft answers to rough questions. I thought that's a good definition. Those who give soft answers to rough questions. You ever had that before where somebody's like, who do you think you are, buddy? What do you got to say about that? Meekness is answering in a soft tone and not answering with another rough tone, right? Soft answers to a rough questions. And that's what we need to have, strength under control. We might be able to say something that can win the arguments, but it might not be in a meek tone, right? We need meekness in our life. Colossians 4, 6 says, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. Soft answer turns away wrath. And a good example of meekness is hands down my wife. My wife is a very meek person. She really is. And um, over our marriage, I've, I've grown a lot in the Lord. And um, there's been some times where I come from a family that likes to argue. That's just the way we are. We like to argue a little bit and get loud. And, and um, my wife is very good at kind of stopping that situation out. So there's, there's some times where I might get a little cranky. And maybe I'm not the best husband in the world. Do you want to know how my wife handles the situation? A soft tone. She's very meek and lowly. And man, it diffuses conflict real quick. Because once she responds in a soft answer, it's just like <clears throat> conviction. I'm just like, man, I'm such a terrible husband. You know, and then I apologize, ask for forgiveness, and we're good. We never argue really at all. And it's not because of me. It's because of my wife. She's a very meek individual. It diffuses conflicts. But not only that, number two, we see meekness actually disarms critics. You know, and you're going to have some critics in your life, especially if you're a Christian, man. There's going to be some people that are judgmental towards you, critical towards you for no reason other than the fact that you're a Christian. But we need to respond in meekness when they criticize us because when you respond in meekness, it actually disappoints them. 
It really does, because they want to be right. They want to be like, see, I told you they were a hypocrite. I told you they were judgmental. I told you they were angry and bigoted. But when we respond in meekness, man, they have nothing bad to say about us anymore. They, their, their, their argument is void. It doesn't work. Meekness disarms critics. Titus chapter 2, verse 8 says that we are to have sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of the contrary parts may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. Sound speech, man, they're ashamed because they can't say anything bad about you anymore. Man, meekness disarms critics. It's something that we need to have. That's another benefit. It disarms critics. But number three, another benefit to meekness is meekness is persuasive. We can per be persuasive when we're meek. A hard sell no longer works anymore. It just doesn't. Now, have you ever had somebody that gets really loud and mad because, because I told you so, that's why. That doesn't work anymore. That doesn't work at all. Probably didn't even work then, to be honest. You know, we are never persuasive when we are abrasive. Meekness goes a long way. Proverbs 25, 15 says, By long forbearing is a prince persuaded, and a soft tongue breaketh the bone. Meekness is persuasive. And a good illustration of meekness over harshness is clearly illustrated in Aesop's fable, The Wind and the Sun. I'm going to read that for you today. We're going to kind of break out our nursery book and read that. The Wind and the Sun. The wind and the sun were arguing one day over which was stronger. They saw a man walking down the road toward them, and the sun proposed a contest to resolve the disputes. He said, whichever of us can cause the traveler to take off his cloak shall be regarded as the stronger. They agreed on the terms of the challenge, and the wind took the first turn, while the sun hid behind a cloud. The wind blew hard on the traveler. Harder and harder he blew to make the man cold. But that only succeeded in making the traveler clutch his cloak more tightly around him. At last, the wind gave up in despair. Then the sun came back out from behind the cloud and began to shine upon the man. The brighter his face became, the hotter the man grew. Soon he found it too hot to continue and took off his cloak. By kindness, the sun accomplished what the wind could not do by force, and he won the contest. You see, kindness, meekness is so much better than harshness. It goes a long way. Meekness is persuasive. And one of the things about Jesus Christ that amazed those that heard him was the fact that he responded in meekness. Meekness is persuasive. Luke 4.22 says the people wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. The gracious words, the meek words. Meekness goes a long way. It's very persuasive. Now, when I'm talking about meekness, does that mean I need to be just soft-spoken when I'm up here preaching? No, meekness is power under control. Sometimes I'm going to get excited and be like, hey, hallelujah, glory to God. Right? That's power under control. And then I go back down. Meekness is persuasive. That's number three. Number four, meekness, and be listening, ladies. Meekness is attractive. It is attractive to godly men and to godly women. To men, for men out there, it's attractive to godly women. Meekness really is. Because a godly woman wants a godly man, and being godly, meekness is a trait of that. It's a trait of godliness. It's a fruit of the spirits. But not only that, 1 Timothy 6.11 says, But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. If a lady had a check mark about all the things she wants in a man, that's going to be on the list. But not only that, right? Meekness 
is power under control. Man, a lady, man, they want, they want a man of power, a man that's strong. Man, they're super here, but they don't want a man that's got an anger problem. No, they want power under control, strength under control. They want gentle men. Meekness is attracted to the ladies, Tyron. It's attracted to the ladies. But not only that, it's also attractive to men out there as well. It really is. To men, to godly men, meek women are attractive. That's what the Bible says in 1 Peter 3, 3 and 4. Um, the Bible says, Whose adorning let it not be the outward adorning of the plating of the hair and of the wearing of gold or of putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the hearts and that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God a great price. What we see there is true beauty is godliness. True beauty is meekness. And I can say that from experience. I fell in love with Hannah, not because of her good looks, even though she's drop-dead gorgeous, but I fell in love with her because she had the fruit of the Spirit in her life. I remember when I really started to fall in love with her hard. It was a Wednesday night service at the storefronts, and um, the service was over on a Wednesday night. It was dark, and I was just sitting in my car um, just watching and um, no offense to the other Haley kids or anything like that, but they were all kind of doing their thing. Jesse was doing his thing, and, um, and I think Chad might have been there talking or something like that. And I remember looking through out the window and seeing my wife. Nobody's saying anything. Nobody told her to do it, but she's just tidying everything up. She's picking everything up, and nobody even notices. And she just did it because that's just what you did. And I remember I thought that was so amazing. You know, she implemented the fruit of the Spirit, man. She was abiding in Jesus Christ, and I fell in love with that. Meekness is attractive. That's number four. Number five, meekness earns respect. It earns respect when you're meek. Great, great leaders are meek. Some of the greatest leaders in the world are leaders who are meek because it's strength under control. That's a quality that's desired. Power under control. Abraham Lincoln, quite possibly the greatest president of all time, is a good example of meekness. Everybody around them thought he was meek or considered him meek and a gentleman. That's the idea of meekness. Great leaders are meek. In fact, Abraham Lincoln said, nothing is greater than meekness. Nothing is greater than gentleness. Meekness earns respect. We see that in the secular worlds, but we also see that in the Bible. Moses was an awesome leader, right? He led the Jews out of Egypt and into the promised land, over two million Jews. You have to be a pretty awesome leader to be able to do that and control that. But notice what the Bible says about him in Numbers 12, 3. The Bible says, Now the man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. He was the meekest man in the world. But understand this now. Me Moses wasn't always meek. No, Moses had an anger problem, man. He had a big anger problem, right? He, he got angry and killed the Egyptian. <laughs> he got mad and smote the rock. God told him to speak to the rock and the water would come out. And God, uh, Moses said, I'm not going to do that. The rebels and then hit the smote the rock twice to get water to come out. He was angry. Um, when he went up to Mount Sinai to get the Ten Commandments, God gave him the Ten Commandments. He came back down and um, the Israelites were doing naughty things. So he got mad and chucked the commandments down on the ground. And God said, you're making the next one, buddy. Made him go back upstairs to Mount, or go back up to Mount Sinai and chisel out the commandments himself. He had an anger problem, but he was the meekest man on the face of the earth. Now, why was that? It's because Moses was teachable. He was teachable. And that's the same way with us. It might not be our normal sense to be meek, 
But hey, if we're abiding in Jesus Christ, if we learn from him, we can be teachable and we can be meek in our life. It's the fruit of the spirit. And there's only two people in the Bible with that title of meek, Moses and Jesus. Meekness earns respect. That's number five. And then number six, meekness is a witness to unbelievers. If we want to be a witness to unbelievers, we need to be meek. Titus 3.2 says, To speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. He says we need to be meek toward everybody. Now, why is that? First off, it's because that's what Jesus Christ would do. Secondly, it's because people are watching us to see how we act. They're seeing what we do behind closed doors, right? We can either help Christianity or hurt Christianity by the way we act. If we are meek in our life, meekness is a witness to unbelievers. That's number six. And then number seven, and I'm done. Meekness reveals Christ in me. Man, we're like Jesus Christ when we're meek. When we're abiding in Jesus Christ, we've got the fruit of meekness in our life. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30, Jesus said this, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in hearts, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus is saying, if you're going through troubles, if you're stressed out, if you're going through problems right now and you feel like you can't go on anymore, come to me, learn of me, and I'll give you rest. He's saying, learn of me, learn my meekness, and I will give you rest. You see, what it's getting at is the stress that we might be feeling right now, it might have a lot to do with whether we're meek or not. Because if we're meek, the Bible says right there, we will be given rest. We will learn from Jesus Christ. We will have that fruit of the Spirit, that love, that joy, that peace, all of those things in our life. Because if we've got one of them, we have them all, right? True meekness. If you've got true meekness, then you've got true love. You've got true joy. You've got true peace. The fruit of the Spirit comes from abiding in Jesus Christ. Abiding in Jesus Christ, relying on Him, that strong personal relationship with Him. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Starting every day by saying, man, I surrender to you, Lord. Live through me this day. That's the idea of meekness. And it reveals Jesus Christ in us. So meekness is not weakness, but it's a powerful thing. Amen? All right. Any questions or comments at all?